Welcome to Launch Left, an intentional space for art and activism, a podcast, a label, a launch pad for left of center artists. My name is Rain Phoenix, and today we have a very special mixtape episode, including new artists and their new exciting songs, their singles that are out right now. We'll also get to talk to them briefly about their music. So we hope you enjoy this episode, the year end Launch Left mixtape side A. Don't forget to rate and subscribe, follow us on all social at launch left nana ajoa is that how you say your name yeah that's me that's nana, nana ajoa. ajoa can yeah. i just start by saying that i'm so obsessed with your song national song i thank you for making it yeah thank you for listening to it and sending it out that's great you are hailing right now from amsterdam is that right yeah i, I was born here in amsterdam and then um yeah you could call it my hometown how did music find you well, the first time I found like a piano when I was very young and really like enchanted by me making sounds. I was like, what? What is this? And then uh, I think about when I was 10 or 11 years old, uh, I wanted to start a band with my friends. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the bass was the only instrument that was left. Uh, so I was kind of stuck with the bass, <laughs> but um which I love now because my mom uh, was also a bass player, still is kind of a bass player, uh, which I didn't know up until that point. So when I told her like, hey, mom, I want to play the bass and start this band. She was like, oh, that's great. I, I have a bass and I play, so I'll teach you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that were her first lessons, yeah. And um, can you tell us a little bit about National Song? Yeah, I wrote it like a year ago and um, I was feeling this neo-nationalism going around when I started writing and I had this national song in my head, we have a Dutch national song. It's one of the oldest uh, anthems thinking about what, what does it mean to belong to a nation? And when you sing that song, what, what does actually the lyrics mean and how does it connect to us all to each other? But also what does it mean to me? Because I'm, you know, from my mom is from the Netherlands and my father is from Ghana. Uh, realized that uh, we also have been uh, kind of uh, set up in different um starting points and I felt like people are looking back to um, grasp identity but forgetting about the differences between us which are, which are also okay and um, yeah it was kind of that area where my head was at at the time and um, this is what came out. <laughs>
Thank you. Nice to meet you. You too. Where are we talking to you from? Uh, my bedroom. I've got it. I just came back from a dance class, so I had to ground myself. I'm in London. And your song "Sweating" is really awesome. Um, yeah, thank you. I just read the same choreographer that worked on "Sweating." We're just moving, continuing movement, and trying to break me out of my shell fully which takes time, doesn't it? So each video by video, hopefully I'll just get better and better and being comfortable with movement, you know? It's needed now more than ever. Right. So can you tell me uh, how music found you? As a child, well, I guess it was more in the sense of religious music. My father would play Quran on tapes in the morning. 
So it's very Arabic based and my mother's Ethiopian. So I just heard Ethiopian music all throughout the house. Growing up in London, it was the usual garage, grime, rap, hip hop. I loved alternative rock, ambient music. My taste is all over the place, but there's a similar line that runs all through it. So um, I was, I've always been open to sounds, you know, different kinds of sounds. And I think being an actual musician came way later in life. Um, when I was around 20, I just bought a guitar, taught myself guitar, started to make beats on my iPads. Thought, all right, let me sing on them. Tried to sing on them, covered them in a hell of a lot of reverb because I was so scared to listen to my own voice. And then I just was obsessed. I found something that made me um, tune in and tune out of the world. And I just got obsessed and it just became my, my place. Yeah. <laughs> so listeners and watchers, please enjoy this song by Aluia Sweating.
Hi, Chris Hess. So thank you for being on the show. We dig your music and video for Feel Better, and I just wanted to ask a couple questions. First, my favorite, how did music find you? When I was probably, I don't know, three or four or five or something, and I was in the back seats. I think it's my first memory of music. Uh, having my mom rewind my Walkman to replay Bon Jovi's uh, Straight Through the Heart like over and over and over again. And then the other one is when I was 16, uh, this was more about like how music found me in a, in a place of actually playing music. And I was 16 and I was surfing all the time. And at my surf break in Florida, there was a group of older people that would hang out and like married couple in their late twenties. There's a couple older guys in their, you know, probably late thirties, early forties. And they'd all get together for jams at, at the house. And I don't know how I weaseled my way in uh, to get into those jams, but they would let me try and play along. And I think that was my first time ever really uh, getting obsessed with trying to play music. About. So your band Swim, and we're speaking to Chris Hess from Swim, and he's going to tell us a little bit about his song. So that song grew out of my experience um, with a girl that I'm very, very close to. That song was kind of paying tribute to her her initial leap of faith in herself around like the idea of just her leaving her hometown you know, realizing after her own experiences and missteps that like, you know, it's good to find the right people that can tell you like, hey, it's okay to slow down. It's okay to actually do what's best for yourself. For those of you out there listening and watching, this is Swim with their song, Feel Better. Yeah. 
Tape edition, your band Milo is awesome, and your song Winona. When did you first know music was going to be your future? Uh, I've been playing music for my entire life. Um, my parents met in a church choir, and so I always kind of uh, joined along as they performed in church and just kind of played my part. Uh, so it's been really long running, and then I started picking up instruments and middle school and high school, and I've been playing with friends ever since. And finally, I just wanted to know if there's anything you want to share about your song, Winona. Uh, I just hope people enjoy it, and I feel like it sounds best in the car. Um, it tries to kind of uh, reference an older time and more nostalgic time, so it's, it's a good opportunity for escapism, too, in, in this crazy time. This is Milo with his song, Winona.
Welcome to Launch Left, Layla McCalla. Thank you. It's really nice to meet you, and thank you for being on the show. Your song, The Capitalist Blues, I know we're going to play in a moment. How did music find you? I started playing cello through the public school system um, in Maplewood, New Jersey, when I was eight years old. And um, I really sucked for <laughs> about four years. <laughs> and then, um, I don't know, something clicked. I, I had a really incredible um, teacher who then passed me on to her teacher, who was a professor at Juilliard. And I, so I got to study with this Juilliard professor at a very young age. And that's kind of when I started to take music more seriously. There's been a lot of uh, layers to that because I, I, you know, was studying classical music formally, but, uh, you know, lived in West Africa when I was in high school, which sort of took me off of my conservatory track and uh, was a cocktail waitress at a live music venue that hosted a lot of experimental jazz and, um, you know, uh, music from all over the world. And this kind of opened up the possibilities to me of, of what I could do. And then I, I had and also um, a really special mentor that I met when I was 18 years old who was playing a five-string electric cello with a, a band called the Voodoo Drums of Haiti. So all of these things kind of just, um, you know, added to the momentum for me to step away from the classical tradition and, and kind of embark on my own musical journey. What is your form of activism or how do you express um, for the sake of others through your art? I think that what I feel drawn to um, in, in incorporating, you know, themes of social change and social justice is um, stories narrative. I think that when we hear of something that has happened to someone, we are more apt to change our hearts and our minds about things and and to recognize uh, changes that need to happen in our world. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very drawn to that in my artistic practice. Well, thank you for all that you do um, as a musician and a human being and Thank you for your new record, and and we're happy that you're on our mixtape episode. get higher I've got the capitalist blues When I give everything I won't have much more to lose I am swimming in an ocean of sharks They are telling me how I'm gonna make my little mark
left mixtape episode andy yeah thanks for having me uh low talker great song no champagne great video actually probably one of my favorite videos i've seen in a long time how did music find you growing up i feel like you know every kid has some sort of finds enjoyment out of music right and it wasn't probably till i was in third grade and uh the moment i felt like man i love music was this it was the song uh by the google the google dolls iris it was on the city of angels soundtrack and i just remember like hearing that song and there was like you know it's so like melodramatic you know listening to it now it's a great song but uh if you get in third grade there was just such this like emotional pull to it for some reason i loved it yeah it wasn't until like my early 20s, probably like 2021, where I picked the guitar back up. I remembered like three or four of the cowboy chords, you know, C, G, F, D, like just enough. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try writing a song. And I did. And it was a terrible song. But then I was like, you know what, this is fun. It's fun to do. And I have a computer here, I can record this. And that's where kind of like, my songwriting kind of started at that point for better or for worse, but. Um, what is your form of activism or how do you use your art to help others in a way? It's, you know, it's, it is through my songwriting. I'm not a particularly uh, good orator uh, and, you know, writing prose, I can't do it in an, a way that is intellectually interesting, just kind of ham fisted talk about things that I find important, such as, you know, climate change or endless wars or uh, just like the uh, religious right hurling us into oblivion is through songs. And for some reason, I'm, a, I can, I'm able to work out the way I feel like, you know, my anxieties or my rage about what's happening into like a three minute song. With this new project, Low Talkers, I've tried to uh, make uh, music that is, you know, relatively catchy, but I want there to be something behind it that kind of challenges the way people think. Better life 
where we go stay away Was just in my reaches now like the framing of that. How did music find me? Um, well, uh, I grew up in a very musical family, um, especially on my dad's side. Um, he comes from a pretty big family. He has, he's one of six siblings and, uh, his mother's mother. So his grandma was a piano teacher and, uh, she taught all her three kids how to harmonize and play piano. And my dad and his siblings uh, did the same because of their mother. Um, And pretty early on, I was 
singing along in the car with my dad. And uh, he, he's, he's a really amazing, just naturally gifted musician. Um, so I definitely got used to hearing notes sung well. <laughs> so I knew it was something that I wanted to partake in as well. And he kind of introduced me to um, the music that I still listen to today and that kind of started off my um, love for, for music in general. I'm just really curious about your song Tattoo, which is the one we're going to be playing for our audience today. Can you share with me a little bit about the song? The song, um, I think, generally is about indecision. More personally for me, sort of my efforts to sort of compartmentalize and like wipe away indecision and pretend like I'm doing great. So yeah, it's sort of like that convolution of trying to, you know, that comes when you're trying to, you know, portray some confidence, but deep down you are, you don't know what you're doing. Not nearly decisive enough to get a tattoo. That's why I decided to come to you. See, I'm not the kind of guy who's really trying to try. to meet you thank you for being on launch left mixtape episode your song james crow is is so infectious and i'm just curious how music found you you seem pretty young so how did it first find you i started playing uh music 
when I was about five years old, um, when I was two, I'm told, I don't remember this, but when I was two, I'm told that I heard a, a recording of an orchestra and I asked my parents what one of the instruments was and they told me it was a violin. And so I said, I wanted to play it. And, um, and when I was, when my hands were big enough to do that, they, they got me one and I started playing that. But, um, I didn't, I didn't start taking it seriously until, um, probably about the time I was 17 or 18, I kind of fell into writing songs for reasons I can't remember. And that became an obsession and I, it has not, it has not released me yet. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, lucky for us. Is there a form of activism that you are involved with or champion? I guess I would say for me, um, it's kind of twofold. Um, the more, probably the more public facing version for me would be uh, just using my, my platform such as it is to bring awareness and attention to, um, to issues that I think people need to know about and, and the plight of people who, who don't have the platform, but also just ideas that, um, that I think might get taken more seriously by people. If someone who they respect or are interested in, um, espouses them and explains them. But, um, in a less public facing sense, I'm really interested in, uh, labor organizing. I think that's a really important avenue for agitating for all kinds of change. So I'm, uh, I'm very active here in Austin where I live, um, trying to get, the the music workers in the city organized. Wow, that's fantastic. And then finally, uh, just curious about your song, James Crow, that we're going to be hearing today. Can you share a little bit about that? I guess first I came up with the music. It's upbeat and it's relatively happy, exciting sounding, but it had kind of a creepy quality to me. And that made me think of a number of things. But the idea that I landed on was um, that James Crow, who is being addressed in the song, is um you know jim crow but dressed up um he's got a new suit new business cards but fundamentally about the same things that he was always about and so the song is about um the ways in which those old ideas old oppressive ideas adapt themselves to to new times and also about the struggle to to kill off those ideas and make room for new better ways of thinking and being I've been seeing the world through a dead man's eyes And when I laid me down, laid me down, I did not rise But then I noticed that I've been watching myself from a car outside And so to bring me around, it took me down a long dark ride That's where I find it at Oh, 
Come and tell me what you know James Crow, you're a devil in a daydream James Crow, can you walk it for me slow Sing it, take it all back now Take it all back now James Crow, come and tell me what you know James Crow, you're a devil in a daydream James Crow, will you bring it to me slow Sing it, take it all back now Take it all back now James Crow, come and tell me what you know James Crow, you're a devil in a daydream James Crow, will you walk it for me slow Sing it, take it all back now Take it all back now James Crow, come and tell me what you know James Crow, you're a devil in a daydream James Crow, will you bring it to me slow Sing it, take it all back now Take it all back now Hello, Couch Prince. Thank you for being on Launch Left. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having Hello. us. Yeah. I'll ask three questions, so you all have an opportunity to answer one. How's that? The first one would be, how did music find you? You can fight over that one. It's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. I'm Filipino, and so my mom, we had karaoke all the time when I was younger, and so I just have memories of singing like the Cranberry with her and ABBA and stuff, and yeah, I just always have been singing and listening to that kind of music since I was young. Like even every time you're like with your family, it's just always like videos of karaoke. Yeah, yeah. even it's now. So cute. Yeah. It was so fun. Like yeah. 1 a.m. drunken karaoke with just your family. Yeah. It's a good time. Joy is an important part of music, you know? That sounds like it's a really fun family, joyful thing to do together. Yeah, I'm And um, what is your form of activism? And Couch Prince itself is kind of a, a platform that isn't very big yet, but we try to use it in any way we can to support various things that we care about and a big part of it is just like our day-to-day -day lives and, and various systems that are in existence and how we're finding alternate systems and, and determining what the world should look like so whether that's you know buying fast fashion or buying sustainably or you know shopping at the local store versus shopping at chipotle um i think that all of these like small choices that we make in our lives are are building up to how we can make the world a better place. 100%. I love that answer. So, okay, my last question is just uh, for you to share a little bit about your song, Tell You. Tell You was a bit more like of a nebulous feeling, but mostly it was, um, I originally wrote the lyrics when I was living in Denver. I just kind of was like at this point in my life that I really didn't know what was going on and what was like going to be next. Um, I was pretty unsatisfied. I was working like in a, uh, a inbound call center essentially and I was working like a nine to five and was really not feeling very certain about who I was or what I was doing. Tell you was capturing like that moment of movement and like what your life can be and like how you can move forward. Always searching for a quote to follow
Happy to have you on the show and to have you part of this mixtape episodes we're doing. Um, oh, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. How did music find you? You know, music has kind of really been a part of me since since I can remember. Um, my father is a uh, British transplant, um, so he lives in LA, and he only raised us on Rolling Stones and Beatles songs. So. That's kind of all I really knew for a very, very long time um, until, you know, you meet other friends and other families and they show you other music. And because of that love, I just kind of started performing all the time, all over the house um, for anyone that would listen to me. And uh, fast forward uh, to college, I... um, met my songwriting partner, Eric. And that's kind of when we really decided to start working on a songwriting project together. Um, Before that, I was pretty much really focusing on just singing. Um, So that's kind of when we took everything for a spin um, and put out our first project of Be Miles together in our, I think it was our last year of college together. Um, and a few months later, it just kind of exploded. It was crazy. It kind of took on this, this world of its own. And I'm so lucky that I get to continue making music. The other question I'd love to ask is about, is, do you have a form of activism you want to share? I think it's absolutely remarkable how um, the Black Lives Matter movement has picked up so much stamina and there are so many people fighting. Um, I mean, personally, I have been trying to educate myself as much as I can, as well as donate and, and protest. I think another form of activism that I've been you know, really passionate about is really um, trying to support the Save Our Stages in New York specifically, um, just because that's what, that's what keeps New York is New York. You know, we, we, need these, we need these venues. You have a new record out, so I'm just curious if there's anything you want to share about the record. This album in particular, the sounds are a lot more angsty and uh, grimier than what has been put out in the past. Um, this really dives into the, the dichotomy of, of two different lives. This person that um, almost like a, a Clark Kent that works, you know, his day job and then he's a superhero at night and he gets to be Superman and, and mine is almost be Miles in that way. It's, it's a brand new sound that I'm excited for everyone to hear. Ding, my mind like a vase. 
thunder. Hey, 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 rain and thunder. Yes. So much, yeah. Hey, so can I ask you how music found you? It's something I always like to ask our guests. In a lot of different ways, but I think just growing up, my dad was in a band. He was in like a country band forever. And then he was an Elvis impersonator for, I don't know, 10, 15 years. So I was always like surrounded by performances. Like as a kid, I remember just like shitty little bar saloons that we go to and his band was playing. But I really remember the Elvis stuff a lot because he was playing like state fairs, like these big crowds. And he just like, I would just love seeing like my dad, who I thought was like this, like, completely different human he steps on stage in an elvis suit and he just like puts on a fucking show and i was like that is the coolest thing ever like you could just switch these characters and then he used to let me be the kid in the back i would hold all the scarves and about every two or three songs because my dad sweats like crazy i'd run out on the stage and like hand him another scarf so, sweat. <laughs> so like that's you know that's definitely where i got introduced to just like performing and like seeing a character being developed from like my dad and then um, he just like gave me a bunch of vinyls as a kid. Like he was like, listen to sign of the times by Prince. I was like, what? I'm like 13. I don't even understand this, but it, it just worked like that. And he kind of gave that up uh, when I turned about 15. Um, and he put a lot of his effort into my music where he got me a, a license to play in bars around Oklahoma. So I was like 15 playing in these like smoky country bars. Um, but that helped me out a lot because I was just playing for these crowds. Like whether my dad was like, you're going to fucking suck. People are not going to think you're that good, but you're just going to keep doing it and keep doing it and you're going to get there. And so I did that for till I was about 17, 18, right when I graduated high school and then uh, decided to move out to uh, here in, in the Marina. I, I moved to the Marina del Rey and then uh, became a street musician. I did that for two years. I did that for a long time. And um, I think I, I owe a lot of like my performance and how natural being on stage is, is to that because it was like every day, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., like I was putting on a show. I was showing up with my wagon, with my speaker, my guitar, my loop pedal. And I was like, for 10 hours straight, I was just playing this, like, and every, you know, you have to move every hour in Santa Monica, which is frustrating, but every hour you have to move to a new spot. And it's like, okay, new set, new set, new set. And I did that for two years straight, pretty much. Um, okay. The one more question I have is uh, about activism. What is your form of activism in a world that's uh, not always so lovely all the time? I mean, I think a thing that I've always been in the forefront is, is you know I grew up in a household of, of my mom was there a lot my sisters raised me a lot so I've always just been an advocate for anything with women's rights like it's just something that like they more often shape me into like just letting me be like a weirdo glitter wearing Oklahoma boy so I give a lot to anything in the women's like rights women's activists I'm all for that I think it's amazing I donate to those causes all the time uh, just because it's really, really undervalued and underappreciated. Um, I think it's getting a lot better. The generosity 
of passing time Worn out, worn out and bent at the knee There is still so much to climb Henry, 
Alex, Emily, and Theodore, welcome to Launch Left. Thanks for being part of our mixtape episodes. How did music find you? Henry and I went to kindergarten and elementary school together. And Alex grew up in the same neighborhood that we did. And the three of us took music lessons together at the same place in Madison, Wisconsin. We've kind of just been playing music together in some form since like fifth grade now. And we've kind of like always supported each other throughout the years. I I think like rock and roll came to us in a big way through um, School of Rock. (laughs) Definitely a touchstone for us. Wow, that's so cool. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, separately from them, my dad is a musician. And so music has kind of always been a part of my life. And as a band, (laughs) as a group, as a collective, what is your form of activism? We've kind of talked about this in the past as a group, too, that like we feel like our music is maybe like not our main outlet for activism. Tend to just be involved in um, organizations and groups that are working towards things kind of outside of music and um, kind of communicating with our network of musicians as like a way to engage as a collective. Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left of center artists in all creative fields. 